0: Welcome to What Bubbles Up, a conversation over beers about ideas, where they come from, the process people use to get there, and how to know when they're truly great. Now, here are your hosts, Phil and Barry.
1: What's poppin', everybody? Welcome to Episode 6 of What Bubbles Up, a show about ideas, where they come from, and how do you know they're great? We have a wonderful show set up for you today. Uh, we normally start by asking each other, what are you drinking? But this time, it's going to be a little different.
2: Special circumstances here. We're, uh, we're limiting ourselves. Our guest, is, our guest is below the drinking age, so we're not drinking alcohol. <laughs> I feel I'm going to enjoy a low-sodium Original V8 here uh, to sort of celebrate our guest. What are you drinking tonight?
1: Well, let's just call it
2: uh, Sprite. Sprite, sure. We'll call it Sprite. We'll go with that. All right, that's, awesome That's
1: that's what it is for legal purposes.
2: All right. Well, listen. I'm excited about today's episode, Phil. Um, we've been talking about this for a long time. We have someone that I've actually known for a, for for quite a while. Although it's kind of a funny story. Uh, our special guest tonight is tamora bootson who is a writer, director, editor, producer. Filmmaker with Los Feliz Films, and I, I'm going to mispronounce about 17 words tonight because my Spanish is terrible. I have to uh, apologize. So he is uh, the creator of uh, celebrated films such as Hermanos, uh, I've already butchered it, and Reflection, music videos, more, Timur can fix it for us, um, and the remarkable thing for us is, is all of this stuff that he's done, an incredible portfolio of work. He's a really prodigious creator, and he's 20. 20 years old so we're really excited tomorrow to have you with us to talk a little bit about ideas and to talk about your work welcome
0: thank you thank you barry and phil i appreciate you guys having me on your podcast feel very fortunate and uh thank you again and uh i appreciate the kind intro and and i gotta thank you too for uh i have water right here too so thank you too all right there you go good
2: good very good all right awesome Hey, so let's just jump right into it. So uh, we'll kind of get a little bit into how I, how you and I know each other a bit. Um, but uh, I think the question that you probably get asked a ton is, you know, you've done all of this work. You're only twenty. Like, how did you first get into it? I I know from from just talking with you that it it all started kind of with your love of cars. But talk about how talk about how your love of cars got you first into filmmaking.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. I- it, you know, there's Lamborghinis, Ferraris. Uh, maybe <laughs> I was 12 or 13. What's not to love about those cars? They're fast, they have bright colored paint, yeah. and they're super cool, yeah, right? Yeah. And they're Indeed. loud, they're loud, you know. Uh, so at that time, I was really obsessed and interested with cars, those exotic cars, I should say. Exotic cars, yeah. and uh, I, I love them. Uh, my dad would take me to car shows that like my mom and dad would go with me. At, like, we'd go at like Sometimes 6 a.m., 7 a.m. To go to these car shows all, like a half hour to an hour away And uh, I was just obsessed with these uh, cars And uh, I'd go there and my dad and mom had this like crappy little VHS camera at the time And uh, I would just kind of film the car shows like that And then I was like, how can I ride in one of the cars? Like, <laughs> come on, I want to ride in a Ferrari yeah. or a Lamborghini yeah. So it's like, I can make videos of it with this little VHS camera And I had a little, uh, my parents had a tripod So uh, we are like, I was like, okay. So I started, I used Instagram at the time to like reach out to these people I've met at car shows or saw they had cool cars. Long story short, I started filming these cars, uh, these really super cool cars with the little VHS camera, mm-hmm. the type where you have to like plug it into your com- something to another thing, then into the computer. So it was a whole process. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. long story short, I'd make these videos and uh, that was the I beginning. made them. That was the very, the genesis of how I got into filming. And then before I knew it, um, you know, I'd start getting paid for these uh, little car shoots. And then I I started bumping up my gear a little bit and then cut to maybe four or five years later, I was filming this cool cars and I was like, oh, this is cool. And there were some really like, you know, your dream cars I was filming. Like, and then, then I was like, just one day I realized, what am I doing? I don't want to film people's cars. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be the person driving the car. Come on. So then yeah, yeah. I was like, and then, and then I realized also during that time I was like, okay, well, I actually want to tell a story. Yeah. So, but of course, of course I, I involved a car. It is about like a little turtle and a car breaks down a Ferrari to be yeah, specific. Yeah. And it's a little comedy, whatever. And then after that, I was like, cool. I, I made this, it was a one page script. So I made this one minute film and I was like, okay, well, is I want to do something with meaning, and then, then that's kind of where Admanos kind of came into my life, and that's I, that's what I would say how uh, my I got into filmmaking.
1: Yeah, it's quite a it's quite a jump, uh, isn't it, to go from a one page script to what is essentially uh, a short film. Um, but it is a big moment in your in your evolution as a filmmaker. So talk about that transition from just getting started and that it involves a lot of things right knowing how to tell a story mastery of the equipment um knowing how to recruit good actors i mean that yeah. there's a lot involved yeah. in that so maybe you can talk a little bit about that transition and uh, leading up to 2018 with uh hermanos
0: yeah absolutely so uh at the time i was going to uh zoo magnet and we had to go to north hollywood for some uh classes and then one of the years i joined the baseball team there and uh north hollywood it it for those who don't live in la or anything north hollywood sounds like oh it's Hollywood. well to to kind of uh north hollywood is basically it's uh there's a lot of gangs around that area so yeah, in turn yeah. a lot of the students who attended there were either kind of affiliated with it their older siblings were in it whatever um so i i had a friend uh acquaintance friend you could say who was friends with my friend whatever uh basically one day he got jumped by these two gang members and Mm -hmm. uh then the next day he uh he came with his two older brothers who were in like three cars just circling the school looking for these guys and uh, Mm -hmm. subconsciously it was kind of like i i was thinking like wow that's really interesting like and fascinating to see how far like his own family would go to like protect them and and Mm -hmm. uh yeah, and like to go find these people, and it just kind of subconsciously got the gears turning in my head, thinking about loyalty, family, respect, and how far how far you cross that line to protect your family and keep that respect. And uh, so, mm-hmm. I think subconsciously, that's kind of what started the gears to forming Hermanos.
2: Yeah, wow. I, I'm always been impressed, um, Timur. But I mean, you you have figured out how to focus incredibly like you don't just do a thing kind of like in a half measure you know you do these incredible haunted houses and and with and with this film you know this is a major production you had to sort of go and hire dps you had to find a uh, full crew you had to figure out the financing you had to find not just actors but people who could play these roles with authenticity like talk a little bit about some of that process like talk about like meeting scar and how how uh how some of the cast came together
0: yeah absolutely so i once i got this idea of hermanos and i kind of we got the script and were kind of a rough working shape i just <clears throat> one day i think i was on youtube or something and i just saw this guy with these horn tattoos I was like whoa and i was like that guy needs to be in the film like yeah. i don't care if he knows how to act or not he needs to be in the film and yeah. so i I was able to track him down via social media, and then I reached out to him, and I was like, "Ah, I'm just gonna reach out to him see if this is something he'd be interested in and yeah. I didn't expect a reply and then a couple of days later, I checked and he wrote, "Hey uh nice to meet you da da da. If you want, we can meet up and I was like, "Whoa, so we had the meeting da 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 and now pause yeah. with, at that time i was I was just so focused on like I want to get this film made." the mm-hmm. and at the meeting that went really well and he was there with his uh girlfriend Irene and mm. the two of them were like oh we love it uh you know what we're going to help you assemble some of the cast cuz you know they they had friends who you know were actors and they thought yeah. to bring authenticity yeah. to it so i got to pay a lot of the casting with the whole authenticity to scar and irene who brought in their friends and uh to kind of be a part of the film some were actors some weren't some gave the uh had the opportunity to be in the film, but um, it was uh, th- they were a big part in making it what it was right now because without that, it would be not not what it is yeah. right now. But uh, mm-hmm. back to her saying, pause, uh, at the time I was just like, uh, tunnel vision, like, okay, let's get it made. Nothing else wasn't going on in my head, but we got to remember my parents, my mom, and dad. And uh, yeah, the one thing that I didn't re- find out till later is like my mom was losing sleep over this. She's like, whoa, like. Now he's mm-hmm. meeting with some guys who are the real deal. They're, you yeah. know, yeah, the real imagine. deal. Yeah, the real deal. And she's like, she was going to tell me, I'm not going to let you make this film because it's it's not worth it. But then at the same time, she was contemplating like, is it, do I stop his dreams or stop his goal and ambition of this film and just pull the plug or do I let him do it? So as a mother, you could see where that's very, the, yeah. the line right there is super challenging. So to kind of decide and, uh, you know, she told me and she pulled me aside as things started gearing up. We started getting things ready. She's like, look, I'm going to let you make this film, okay? But yeah. if one thing goes wrong, if one thing I don't like at all, with one of the cast members goes sideways, I'm stopping it. Is that understood? Yeah. She was very serious about it. And I was like, yeah. you know what? And at the time, I-, I wasn't really like, oh, I understand. I was just like, okay, sounds good. If something happens, yeah. Um, but... Uh, now, in retrospect, I could totally see, like, yeah, why she was so like wanted yeah. to. Yeah, but yeah. at the You're
1: time, so, you, 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 yeah, go ahead, I, Phil. I was, at, at the time, safety was not a concern. You were so focused, and you knew exactly what what needed to be done. Now you look back at it and say, "Wow, I can't believe I did that." But that 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 happens sometimes yeah. when you have passion for something, doesn't?
0: Absolutely, it? that it perfectly stated. Yeah, I was just so driven with the goal and passion, I didn't even think about safety at the time, and. So now cut forward a little bit and I'll get back to your original question, um, Barry, but uh cut forward and we're at we're so we're at a park and we're we're in a place called Cypress Park and uh mm. there's a gang that inhibits that area and I, I didn't really know that at the time, but uh we're there and then um we're with these four we're filming uh the scene, the chasing. There's a chase scene in the beginning with these taggers and these guys in the car and uh yeah. these two gangs, uh rival gangs in the film meet up in this park. So we're there, and then and then something happened with one of the crew members, where where he started give he did something to the extent where he didn't something happened which wasn't good. So then yeah. my mom's talking with the crew, the 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 members of the group. I wasn't present, and uh, she's yeah. telling them like, okay, here guys, this this situation just happened, and she was she told them like directly like guys. I don't want you dealing anything. She de- dealt with like paying them, right? So yeah. she's like, if I, I deal with the money. You, if you don't discuss anything with uh, Tamor, uh, unless it's creative, but anything finance, you talk with me. And she, so she she was that kind of person. You could say she was kind of protecting us in the sense that mm-hmm. like, she was super strict. So and then and then uh, like that happened and afterwards we filmed another scene like maybe a couple weeks later and those guys were like don't mess with beth don't mess yeah. with her <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's like yeah. a scene where uh totally contradicts the show where we uh where we had a uh, uh, there's, like, beers or having a hangout. But I didn't want any of them drinking beers just so I could have them all there as actors. And yes. uh, I emptied it. And then this guy tried sneaking in a beer. And uh, my mom's like, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, "He's like, here you go. And, uh, they're, they're like, don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. So yeah. it was funny. It was funny. But she really kept them in line you could say they respected her she respected them it's a mutual thing but she kept uh the production safe yeah. and I, I have to well, thank her a lot th- we
2: got to talk about that relationship because that's that is in many ways one of the most unique things so mm-hmm. i mean the way to more you and i know each other is because i actually know your dad and i know your mom they were uh and continue to be really successful filmmakers and editors frankly that i knew <laughs> from back in the day when i was doing a bunch of films myself in in los angeles so they're, they can be your creative partners on this. So they have a unique perspective that probably not a lot of other parents would have. They can uh, maybe understand things in a completely different way. But then they're also your parents. And so like talk a little bit about that. What must be a very complicated dynamic of creating things, sometimes with the help of your parents, sometimes where your parents know a little bit too much about what you're trying to do. What is it like working with your mom and dad a little bit? on these productions
0: yeah absolutely so I guess I first want to just say is like I personally feel very so fortunate to have this relationship with my parents and to be in a situation like this because I know there's a lot of people out there who don't have the support of their parents Mm -hmm. or maybe they don't have a parents who give them that support you know the there's all these different situations so to be in the situation I'm at right now with two loving parents who support my Um, projects and my ambitions I feel so fortunate to be just so very very fortunate Um, but yeah the dynamics between us two is uh it's you know it's nothing gets okay so we my mom went out of town uh, when we were working on post-production for hermanos I had this edit of the film rough edit And then uh, my dad kind of looked over, we made some changes, and we're like, okay, cool, we feel good about this, we feel good about this, you know. (laughs) My mom comes back, you know, we're like, hey, how was your trip, check this out. We're all excited, she's like, nope, doesn't work. And we're like, wait, what?
2: Hmm.
0: No, it doesn't work. And I'll tell you right now, she's always right. She's always right, even if we don't agree with her right there, she's always (laughs) right. And uh, so, you know, everything's kind of got to pass her, like, I don't have to, but you know, we kind of, I kind of, I got it. You It doesn't so, hurt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and she, she's brought, she's brought up very, very valid points. So, and yeah. suggestions, ideas, but yeah, so uh, they uh, sort
2: so they were the producers on the film, this first film, basically. Is yeah. that, is that the role they played? And then they also sort of were like a, a, a creative feedback loop for you. I imagine probably in the editing and the shooting and all of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were the, so they produced out of Manos and, uh, they were and also were heavily on the creative side of helping kind of like, you know, suggestions, I'll oh, try this, you know, so yeah, absolutely on both side aspects of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, do you know, um, I feel fortunate that they're in the industry that I'm interested as in as well. So I got that guidance, you could say, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's one of the things I personally want to be able to pay back in the future, is those people who, who aren't as fortunate as me to have parents who are so supportive and, Giving to yeah. kind of be, the, give that kind of support to the people who are, have those creative visions and want to pursue those as well. <laughs>
1: Obviously, you had some, some great initial success uh, with, with Hermanos. Hopefully, I'm I'm, I'm getting the, uh, the accent down. Um, <laughs> and then um, it got some, some great response. And then you immediately followed it up um, about two years later with, with another film called Reflection. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how you built upon maybe lightning striking once and then um, hopefully, hopefully a second time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, sitting around the table. My Mom and Dad are there, and my aunt and we we're just like kind of talking about things and then we were brainstorming just some ideas you know casual and then i this idea kind of had in the back of my mind like two parallel lives kind of that were that contrast each other and then we talked about it kind of shaped a little more than inspired me to kind of get more into the idea and uh, reflection is the story of a uh uh a character by the name of manuel who uh he grows up in a uh south central los angeles and his dad's a a gang member and his mom's not really doesn't care too much about the family and they're always arguing but on the other side there's the same character manuel who grows up in a really well-off family and uh, uh, a family that can provide for him a family who's caring and loving for him and uh the goal for reflection was to show uh you know just because you you grow up and maybe your parents aren't there for you, or or you don't have the certain things that this other family kid has growing up doesn't mean you can't still pursue what you want to do. And uh, compared to growing up in a, you know, a well off environment, and having everything and not taking an advantage of that. So that was one of the kind of the goals for reflection I wanted to show.
2: Yeah, I, I found it fascinating on so many different levels, Tamar. First of all, I thought it was a very different film from um, from your first film. And and I also found it incredibly restrained. In other words, I th- if you were just watching it for the first time and you didn't know what it was about, I actually think you would kind of watch it and you will only start to sort of catch on exactly what's going on. That it's the same person kind of living parallel lives. And that discovery, I think, is really subtle um, and really incredibly powerful. It's a very different experience, I think, when you're watching it and you kind of know the story because you kind of can look for the little context clues right from the beginning. So I just, I I was really impressed with that. And the third thing I was impressed with was what a powerful performance by your Mm -hmm. lead actor. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk a little bit about that. Talk about like, what was it like? How did you find this actor? And how did you get that performance this ability to play these two different kinds of people, but be the same person, um, in each of these settings. Like how did that come about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the lead actor, David Anthony McGill, uh, yeah, super, super talented. Uh, I, uh, initially met him at a, uh, kind of this picnic barbecue thing for at a, uh, at the agent, the agent that represents him and, uh, her name's yeah. Bernice Monlina and uh she uh she, she you know she invited me to the barbecue and I, I was just there uh, hanging out, meeting some actors and uh then I met David and uh at the time I was just my, my head was in somewhere else for another film that I was looking around for and then but I also had reflection going on and I uh kinda met him, talked to him, we kinda hit it off and then I was like, you know what, he he might be able to pull off this uh main character for reflection so i asked him to like hey can i follow you with the camera and he was talking with uh, one of his peers and i was like oh mm-hmm. i think he's gonna be good at uh, really good and uh cut cut forward we're filming and uh i ended up casting him and uh it was his very first uh is his very first official like role he like he was he was like background in other things but never credited so this was his first thing with dialogue so This is first thing with dialogue, and considering it was his first time as a like his first ever project, I was blown away. Like the fact, like because for even a very experienced and skilled actor, it's challenging. You have to play two different lives. So for him to nail that, I was just like so impressed with. And I think, and a big thing I want to actually add on top of that is like you could be talented, but not have that, uh, not have that, uh, you know. I don't want to say business, but not being professional. So if you mm. you could be super mm. talented but not professional, and and, sure. and then you 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 won't get because if he was just like uh ah, I maybe I'll try and make it there and but he's super talented like that puts your whole agenda and schedule at, uh you know you know yeah yeah so um but he was super professional and uh, that's one thing that really stuck out to me as well like he's like. I'll be there these this time very super reliable and I think it's a, a lot about your professionalism. Regardless of what you want to do, if it's in a creative field or not, I think the the you you might not be the most talented person, but if you take that super super professionally and you're super like dedicated to that, you, you you'll go farther than the most talented person who doesn't take it as seriously. So that's one mm. thing as well I wanted to note. Yeah. Yeah.
1: we 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 have been hearing that a lot in a lot of our conversations uh, mm. over these last uh uh five or six episodes you know the, the work you know the 90, ninety the 99% perspiration kind of part of it um uh, uh clearly you are someone who puts in the effort <laughs> uh you have a, a filmography uh uh before uh legal drinking age so th- that that <laughs> uh, the, there therein lies um yeah. Uh, the the uh, the cost of ambition. Uh, so so now you are getting into a, yet another project, um, called uh, Voice of the Ghetto VOTG. Uh, why don't you t- uh, cue that up for us a little bit because uh, that's 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 happening right now.
0: Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So VOTG, the Voice of the Ghetto, is about a. Uh, uh, it's a documentary. It's a feature length documentary. We're currently in post production right now and. That follows the story of a Latino rap group from South Central LA. And those of you who aren't familiar with uh, South Central LA, uh, it's a neighborhood that's really plagued by drugs, violence, uh, just, you know, it's surrounded by a lot of negativity, you could say. And, you know, um, but there's so you don't really think there's like a whole lot of positive things coming out of it. But there is, and that's what this group is, Voice of the Ghetto, and they're uh the leader of the group, Little Silent. He's created this group and it it consists of his nephews, his family members, a few of his nephews uh mm. good friends and whoever's in the group, they're family, you know, whether you're blood family or not, you're family. And um he keeps them out of trouble and uh they the music, since they're all so driven and passionate about music, that's keeping them in the studios, inside, off the streets. Mm where some yeah. of them used to roam, some of them used to be around, but thanks to this music it's kind of pushed them and you know to stay here and pursue music and what really spoke to me was the you know what they're doing and it, it it's really super inspiring and you know after creating that I told myself like you know what even if it's a dark subject I want to have that there that be that positive message cuz that's that's honestly a lot what I've really into now like just giving that positive message and i think yeah reflection does that and uh a little bit and so does this new documentary and uh little silent he uh, did 17 years in prison and so he when he got out he and if you watch the documentary you'll see that like how he kind of talked about you know like he had this idea of the group in in when he was in prison so when he got out mm. Boom, he just started assembling it, you could say, and getting yeah. it ready. I mean, I think I
2: think uh, I, you and I have talked about this a little bit already right? Their music is powerful and I think you did a music video for Did you do a music video for for the for the group or did you just do it for a little silent? For the group. For the group, right. But then I think you talked about how after that video, you know, their story is even more powerful than their music, right? And the documentary is a look at their life. Like like did you approach them about making a documentary about their life or how did it evolve from just yeah. a music video to getting actually into a feature length documentary?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, little, uh, right before that, uh, the way I met VOTG was at the screening of Armanos and Scar, the mm-hmm. one of the lead actors of Armanos invited a bunch of people to the screening. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of people, and one of those people were VOTG and, uh, I met some of them and, uh, you know, not, uh, I didn't really like get to meet them really thoroughly, but I met them and they're really cool people. And, uh, then, uh, we, I kept in touch with them. They helped me on a few projects. I was like, Hey, can I interview you guys for this other project I'm working on? He's like, sure. And, and Mm -hmm. the one thing I want to point out that sticks to with me and that kind of ties back to that profession being professional is I wanted to interview them at like 8am and I wasn't thinking, Oh, I don't want it to be early. I just, that's what I wanted to do. And, (laughs) So mm-hmm. then uh eight AM appears on the day we're supposed to meet up and then there they all are, like they're at eight A. M. at this coffee shop. All right, cool. So <laughs> from that day on yeah. I could I just started we built this bond where I could just trust, like, hey, if we're gonna be if we say we set something up, they'll be there, I'll be there, you know. So then uh I, I love I really I started listening to their music more. I really like I really enjoyed it and I uh, loved the messages they put through. So then uh, before we knew it, uh, I said, "Hey guys, I want to let's create a song for South Central State of Mind." That's the name of the music video, and it mm-hmm. kind of touches on um, how the pain that little uh, little silent on the verse he sings. The pain he caused his mother, uh, the mm. family members around him. You you li- hear more about his life. One of his lines is like, "My father, uh, pop, shot and paralyzed. Years later, shot again. That's when he lost his life." So you know, it kind of follows into this whole kind of the journey they've went through, and you. So that really captivated me and just I wanted to tell that story. So that's kind of how that music video came about. And then maybe a year or two passed. I was working on Reflection at that time. And then and then uh I was talking with my DP David Chari who filmed Armano, South Central State of Mind, Reflection. I've worked with him on all my projects. Super talented, uh super also super professional. Uh we get along mm-hmm. really well. Um, David's a great guy. Um, yeah, so then um, we uh, we were having lunch. We're t- discussing this one idea, and he's like, "You know what? Why don't you do a documentary?" And I was like, "And then I had this idea of Voice of the Ghetto." I was like, "I always want to do that because I had a I wanted to that was in my head. I wanted to tell a story about Voice of the Ghetto because it was like so I, I was really inspired by them." So yeah, I we're like, "Okay." And then a couple of weeks later, before we know it, we're filming uh, with uh, VOTG, and in my mind, I was like, yeah. "Okay, it'll be a cool little fifteen minute." short or whatever and now we're here and it's a feature film so that's yeah yeah Yeah. i think movie that's the opposite
2: movies Mm -hmm. movies sometimes you you have like ideas for scenes and then you struggle to kind of make it a feature documentaries i think you're always like oh it's just going to be one or two stories and suddenly you're like well we have a six hour documentary we need to cut it down (laughs) that's like i don't know i just am fascinated to more by your journey you know going from sort of shooting basically sort of shooting car videos to starting to add some story with some of the comedy to that, that really dramatic shift, I would argue into the, your first short, you know, which was so well received. I think we forgot to mention 14 million views on YouTube for Anos. It's a, it's incredible. And then, and then into a reflection and now into this documentary I, I, the evolution, I think of your thinking is, is, is really, really interesting. Like what, just sort of as a final question, like where where do you think you're going to go next, right? You've kind of gone from sort of the mastering the technical to starting to sort of master story to now really sort of try to find the story with documentaries. Like what would, what would be successful for you? What kind of ideas do you think you're going to be working on in five or 10 years?
0: Yeah, well, honestly, that's hard to say, uh, Barry, because, you know, I think we... Uh, w- we all have different images of where we want to be or where we'll be. But at the end of the day, the, the, the future doesn't like, it's good to have a vision of where you want to be, but I don't think the future matters as much as the present now, because you can, mm. you can think you right now, we can discuss the future, but if we're not putting in the work right now, we, we won't, might, we might not be there if we're talking about it and um, rather than just yeah. doing. So I, I'm more of a, like, I, I just, I, I I just work on my projects, you know, I'm working on the documentary, some ideas pop up, but to answer your question a little more fairly, I think if I'm doing what I'm doing right now, that's where, that's where I want to be making films yeah. that I believe have an mm-hmm. important message that need to be told and, um, that have that, the, the power and, uh, that can influence other people. Because at the end of the day, if Hermanos got two views, but it changed one viewer's life i'm done that's good that's it and i i scar was telling me actually that they were playing um they played at a manos in some juvenile detention centers as well which was pretty cool and a few schools so i I think that's amazing and uh scar and irene were telling me how that they'd walk around they uh they live in south central and so and all these kids are running up to them oh can i get a photo with you can i get your autograph (laughs) you know so that's super cool like and um the yeah. yeah so that's that's the that that's yeah. kind of to answer your question
2: i think that's an awesome message i mean you know life is short right it's never too late to sort of get to work right now and to kind of pursue what you love i think that's awesome advice so we always wrap up um you know we start by what are you drinking and then we like to kind of wrap up our podcast with what do you want to steal here basically we always we love to the reason we do this is because we we think it's fascinating to talk to people who come up with ideas uh, because Phil and I are in the business of coming up with ideas or helping other people come up with ideas, as are a lot of people who listen to this pod. And we're always looking for good ideas to steal, frankly. So, Phil, why don't you go first? What are you going to steal from tomorrow?
1: Oh, boy. Well, uh, other than the work ethic, and by the way, thanks for making <laughs> me feel bad about myself uh, having
0: twice as many years yeah. on
1: you. But, um, you know, uh, you remind me in some in some ways of uh, uh, two other young filmmakers who focus a lot of their uh, energies on telling stories about the inner city um, in the early '90s: uh, John Singleton and Maddie Rich. Mm. Um, I, I and I, I uh, John Singleton went to film school. I don't think Maddie Rich did. Mm. Um, and um, you know, your 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 last statement there of "Don't focus on the future; just do." Um, I think is exactly what what they did and they have some some great success stories to tell. Um, that we know all about John singleton's story. unfortunately we we, we lost him a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. but the, the 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 process of doing and, and through through which you find discovery and purpose, I think is fascinating and amazing. Clearly something you have practiced um, and I think something we can all take to heart as we uh, comb through some of our ideas. Barry, what are you going to steal?
2: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of change the question a little bit here. I actually think that the real lesson here, um, for me, is is um, I so I work I work with a lot as as a lot of people do with with a, with a lot of. Um, A lot of creative folks who are just sort of starting out. And I do think there sometimes is a tendency to sort of go like, oh, well, I'm old and wise. I'm going to tell them how to do it and I'm going to let them know if their ideas are good or not. I actually think the lesson here is um, that the incredible work that Timur has done is not because someone who with a lot of experience kind of got in the way and tried to sort of shape what he was doing, but actually someone with a lot of experience Uh, became sort of an enabler and a big Mm -hmm. supporter of what he's doing and actually sort of gave him, I hope um, more confidence than he already had in himself to go out and do some things. And I would, I would argue that the works that Tamar has done already at his young age would not have happened and not have sort of come out in that shape and form if they were like highly curated by frankly, the people with all the experience. I actually think that some of the best lesson here is, is, um, you have to sort of trust sort of young visionaries, frankly, and really try to support their vision as opposed to sort of try to like curate it based on your own. That uh, Mm. age does not give you all the answers, frankly. What I hope it does is it gives you confidence to support people who are up and coming because their ideas are often way better than yours. So I think the work is beautiful. Tamar, thank you so much for joining and uh, being a part of our podcast. Uh, We're going to include a whole bunch of links, I think, to everything for uh youtube uh clips of of some of your your films to I, I i swear to god i think i saw an article around one of those um haunted houses we'll try to include that but but uh where should people go to find out more about your upcoming documentary and or other pieces of uh of a uh, film that you're working on right now
0: yeah uh th- and uh thank you phil and uh barry for the kind uh words um you know the the for you can just find it uh, if you go on YouTube. Look up Adamanos, Hermanos H E R M A N O S short film two thousand eighteen. Just look up Hermanos short film. But the one thing yeah. I do want to include before we conclude this podcast is um um I I really want to thank my mom again and for everything mm-hmm. she's done protecting me and, uh, and and you know everyone else and my dad and everyone who's been a supporter and supportive of me in my creative journeys. But the one thing I really do want to leave. whoever's listening is that at the end of the day you know we can like it's about just pursuing what we want to go do you know we can work an office job make ends meet great we we we're we're living comfortably but if you live comfortably you're not gonna be where you want to be at the end of the day and then you you look 50 years later it's passed by and you're like i wish i went and did this instead take the risk and at the end of the day um you know that it's about taking risks, and I think that's exactly mm-hmm. what we did with Armando. So that was a big risk. Uh, uh, so anything we do in life is a risk. And I have a quote right there, and this is uh, to quote James Cameron: "No one was ever remembered for playing it safe." And uh, another quote: yeah. "The most dangerous thing in life you can do is play it safe." And I I really take that to heart because if we just sit back and you know do what we're comfortable with, we're not going to be go where we we want to be and we're not going to you know so that's the big thing if you if you're ever contemplating like oh i should i just stick with work play it safe or pursue my outside passion i've had i say go pursue your passion because at the end of the day that's what counts and you want to live you want to know you know what even if i didn't succeed even if i fell down you can always get back up and continue going and the biggest thing is knowing that you tried and that's the one thing i wanted to leave you guys ever anyone listening with
1: Sage words. Well past your years, my friend.
2: Thank you for (laughs) that.
1: Barry, take us home.
2: Yeah, take us home. All right. So everybody, thank you, everyone, once again, for uh, tuning in to uh, What Bubbles Up. Uh, If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and like eight other platforms that I can never remember. Um, and or you can just look us up on whatbubblesup.com, which uh, takes a, takes you to your anchor page where you can find us and and subscribe through one of those platforms as well. Uh, anything else, Phil? If you want to get in touch with us, feel free to reach out on Twitter at whatbubblesup
1: or get us on email at whatbubblesup at gmail.com. Once again, thank you to Timor Buttsin for joining us on this episode of What Bubbles Up. We'll see you next time on the next episode. Thanks so much. Cheers.
2: Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of What Bubbles Up. If you'd like to share some of your ideas or make a suggestion for future episodes, follow us on Twitter at What Bubbles Up or send an email to whatbubblesup at gmail.com.